1: We're back, babies! The charity pitch your free throws, cause they are free. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tossman, Dr. Sopolis, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. The boys are here. It's Monday evening. We're releasing the podcast on Tuesday. We're live on Believe on Monday evening. Nikki's throwing stuff. Tosses in his new apartment. And oh, he had to put the light on in the back. Thank you for that, Nick. We really needed that. Um, yeah. And there's been a lot that's going on in the wide world of sports, particularly at the end of last week. Just to recap what we're going to be getting into. Zach Wilson goes down with an injury, creating all the speculation. Did the Jets turn to Flacco? Do they try to c- compete with a roster people thought they could be a sneaky team with and go get Jimmy G? We have the Fernando Tatis scandal now. There's been 9 million rumors on why he took the steroids, but he's suspended for 80 games. And, of course, the AP poll is out. and the Texas Longhorns, not in it.
0: Pick Are you your mad pores. at that?
1: Um, yeah, I'll tell you what we'll, we'll start. I'm, there, not, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not disappointed. I'm not surprised, Look, but I don't, I saw the quote. There was a Rex Ryan quote and I never thought Rex Ryan was the greatest of coaches, but I always thought he had a lot of really good quotes and it's been circulating around the reels of Instagram. And he was basically like last year we were under the radar. Now there's high expectations being under the radar is good. Fuck that. You, you want the expectations to be high. I want expectations to be high for the Horns. We were Isaiah Nair's out for the year. We lose our center for the season, which that's a really big loss. Junior Angle, but yep. Isaiah, Isaiah Senior, Isaiah Nair, for him going down, obviously is very detrimental but we still have Xavier Ward that you caught 12 touchdowns as a freshman. Bijan Robinson is expected to be one of the best, if not the best running back in the nation. Our quarterback play last year. Wasn't good. We were flip-flopping between card and Thompson. We settle on Thompson. He looks to be the guy he gets injured. Now he's out of town. And, and apparently he's struggling too. Yeah. I mean, Quinn and you get Quinn Ewers, Who's if not for arch Manning, the, the, the guy, the yeah, top well- rated prospect ever to come in. So I would love for expectations to be high. The offense, honestly, I'm really not worried about It's a defensive situation, but I look at the AP poll and I look at it and we know there's going to be a team in the top 10 that drops out. Maybe that even is unranked by the end of the year. We know there's a team that's unranked. Could be us. Could be Tennessee. Could be LSU. Could be be UCLA for all we know that jumps in there. But I I think I'm not mad, but I would have liked to see us get in there. It would have been nice. Well,
2: we also add a healthy – Jordan Whittington, someone yeah. that you love. Um, Hall from Bama got in trouble, but we'll see if he gets to play again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's They don't really know exactly what happened, and he got arrested under uh, mischievous criminal activity. Um, we get a new tight end, big tight end for Bama as well, Billingsley, who mm-hmm. I am really high on. So it's not just you know, Xavier Worthy and Bijan Robinson. Yes, the nayer injury hurts, but I think if he wasn't transferring in with this would have been our offense. So um, I think we'll be okay there, but we are always ranked so high or we're always ranked coming into the preseason and we don't exceed expectations. We fall flat of the expectations. And I think now is a good time for Texas to have a chip on its shoulder where people make fun of us all the time for being back or for, you know, just anything that happens with NIL or anything that happens with transfers or uh, you know, even when we, we signed Arch Manning, people were giving us flack because they're thinking Arch Manning maybe makes a mistake, you know, taking the money over going to a better program. But play with a chip on your shoulder because all these guys have chips on their shoulders. I know Quinn Ewers does. I mean, he transferred from Ohio State, and he wants to prove that he is worthy of being a starting quarterback, and I'm sure he wants to go to the league in a couple of years. And Xavier Worthy probably plays with a chip on his shoulder because he's not getting enough respect to his name for being probably the best wide receiver in college football. I mean, there's there's a couple of guys out there that are in the mix, and he's definitely one of them. B. John Robinson probably plays the chip on our shoulder, you know. So I I like the fire. I, I think Sark can inspire his team to play a little bit meaner and more ferocious this season and kind of go in with not a ton of expectations. We have that Bama game in week two, and yes, it's gonna be a true test, but the same time it's like let's just go in there and don't have any crazy expectations let's just play the best football we can and see if we can come out on top
0: I think the the one thing to put into consideration is that we're right outside right like
1: if the yeah, boat, we're 27 seven.
0: We're, we're so close and it very likely we could be going into that Bama game ranked it's a mm-hmm. high possibility depending right. on what happens with these other teams in their first week the interesting thing to me is that the ACC has five teams in the top 25, and, and the Big 12 only has three, right? We've got Oklahoma, Baylor, and Oklahoma State, all between that 8 and 12 range. So they're being given good credit, and I think um, you know we're obviously the fourth team from the Big 12. I think we all knew that, but the five ACC teams, that's the puzzling thing to me. Because if you line up the Big Twelve with the ACC, at least in the last five years, you take out Clemson, you take out OU. The Big Twelve is normally a better conference.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. We, yeah. we 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 uh, shit on the ACC quite a bit on this on this podcast. Besides Clemson and the occasional Louisville, there's not a lot going on in that
1: conference. Mm-hmm. I think Miami can make a turn uh, with Cristobal. I think. Clemson is due for a bounce. I think they completely underwhelmed. We thought Ongolale was going to be the next big thing. They have Brian Bressy, Miles Murphy on the defensive line. I mean, they have some talent on defense. And yeah, they lose Venables to Oklahoma, but I think this is a team that's at least going to finish in the top 10 this year and is due for a bounce back. But I'm with you, Toss. Like, where's K State's love? I feel like they're going to have some talent this year. Deuce Vaughn. Talk about a guy playing with a chip on his shoulder. He's probably one of the best also running backs in the nation. And he gets no love, no credit. But if you're putting a chip on your shoulder, I mean, we should have a Pringles stack at this point. We go into every year with high expectations. And year after year, we fall short. At what point are you going to be like, I'm sick and tired of this and go out there? We should go out to the Alabama game and punch them in the mouth. You're coming into our house to the number one ranked team. First of all, they have Georgia, who beat them last year. The turnover is too much for people in the AP poll. Georgia is no longer ranked number one. You have Ohio State, who I I think Ohio State could be the most prolific offense. I'm curious to see what they could do defensively. I think the pass rush of Alabama will ultimately be strong for our novice, now inexperienced with, again, our center going down. Uh, Offensive line in Texas, I think that's going to be a very, very big issue. But we should make that a tight game. You should go into that game wanting to beat Alabama and create an upset and create a stir. We could very well easily be ranked in the twenties by the time we get to that weekend. Cincinnati opens up um, in a ranked game. They're twenty-three. Obviously, their turnarounds major. Uh, you know, they are they open up against Arkansas, who are there at nineteen. I'm curious to see what kind of moves they can make. up uh, Wisconsin with Braylon Allen, really another talented running back. There's just like a lot of interesting tests. Like I was looking at the week one schedule now. The it's dropped. Notre Dame versus Ohio State. I mean, we're really going to see what type of team. It's a, it's, I think it's a, big, a bit of an early test for Notre Dame. New head coach. I, I'd be more curious to see this matchup, obviously, in November. Um, but I, I think this is going to be a really big prove-it game for to sh- Ohio State to show how dominant they can be. But there's a lot of really big games now, week one, that we've seen how things are shaking out officially uh, in the a- AP poll. So Cincinnati, Arkansas, Georgia versus Oregon. People forget that the quarterback of Oregon is Bo Nix. Can the change of scenery really do it for him? Utah's ranked seven. They're a pack. Yeah, probably not. I actually like Utah this year. I like Cameron Rising, a guy who was a longhorn at one point, but they open up against Florida, like a Florida team again. Billy Napier's there now. Like, what can that team do? I think there's a lot of big questions in college football. And I'm hoping like this is the first time I've looked at Alabama and this could be me being overzealous and quite frankly, wishful thinking. But I, I think this OU team is going to surprise some people. And they're at nine. Michigan was in there and I know there was a big turnover there, but I still think they're going to be competitive there at the eight. I, I think there's going to be some teams this year, usc a i A&M. I'm kidding. The, the NC state at 13 is the, if NC State's in the top 15 by year's end, I mean, call, that was a surprise. I mean, we'll see, though. But I think that Tennessee team, we talk about another team on the outside looking in with Hendon Hooker, a really talented quarterback. I think that Tennessee team has a chance to get in the mix. And my dark horse, obviously, is Ole Miss.
2: Yeah, I like Ole Miss a lot, too. And, you know, they definitely won uh, in terms of the SEC for the transfer portal. I mean, getting mm-hmm. Zach Evans there is huge. Getting Jackson Dart there is huge. Um, you know, just a program that has been on the rise that has, you know, a really nice past in terms of what they've done, but, you know, hopefully Lane Kiffin can, can bring hotty toddy back. Um, but you know, it's always a gauntlet in the sec, so you never know what happens. Those teams could definitely fall to the big dogs. They got (laughs) to win some of those big games to be in the big, the big dance. Um, but shifting gears a little bit, you, you talked about Zach Wilson a little bit and, I just feel bad for the kid because this entire offseason has just been negative for him, right? I mean, yes, of course, people definitely gave him props and kudos for the whole milf hunting perspective of, uh, you know, sleeping with his mom's friend. But now some more negative news comes out. He gets hurt in a preseason game and he's getting a second opinion in California. But, you know, I was really hoping that this would be the year that he starts to kind of flourish with all that extra confidence that he might have in all those new toys that he has. You know, they went out and drafted Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore gets another year under his belt with him. Of course, a, a second year for Sala. So it's kind of tough to see that happen, but I really hope that he can bounce back and and come back from this injury maybe halfway through the season.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Brees Hall, I mean, yeah, got a, a yep. day two back as well. Obviously, we we all liked Michael Carter and what he could do as a pass catcher last year, but it was – yeah, I don't want us to lose sight of like it was supposed to be a step forward, but we weren't going to be thrilled with what we saw offensively. I, I think that for him, he still has a lot of like, he had and still does have, whether he's healthy or not, has a lot of issues to correct from a taking care of the ball perspective. Like that was, that was a huge thing for him. And
1: there were 11 that, picks to nine TDs last year. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm
0: with you, Nick. I, I feel like, We're all more we were all more excited to watch him than we are to watch Trevor Lawrence and he was the first quarterback taken, which is I mean, I'm not surprised. Same thing with Justin Fields, even though you know Nagy's no longer there, but I'm I'm still not, you know, chomping at the bit to watch more Bears offense. No. And like of the teams
1: that took quarterbacks last year, the Niners were ready to take a quarterback. Clearly, they're a competitive team. The Patriots were ready to take a quarterback. The Jaguars were not. Evidence They're still not still. I mean, dude, they, had, when, was, when was the last time the team had back to back first overall picks so bad they were. Yeah. Their coach was a major issue. They fired their coach in his first year mid season, but their roster was still atrocious. They don't draft. Well, their owners got way too much hands in the pot, the pie. And now we're talking about, the bears who moved up to get fields, who I think is talented. They can't put anything around him. Their defense is mediocre. They've already had a coaching change. And with the jets, like Brady Quinn was like, there was, I feel like there was like a lot of off season, like hype and people expecting Zach Wilson to make that next jump. And Brady Quinn's like, he doesn't see it. And I'm kind of with him. Like I wasn't really ever imp- I, I was trying to make myself impressed. I felt Time and time again last year with Zach Wilson, when in reality, I was like, this is exactly going it's going exactly how I thought it would go. Like, mm-hmm. meh. Like I when he they were like when they were so locked in on him at the second overall pick, after Justin Fields' college career, after Mac Jones was dominant, uh Trey Lance is intangibles, I just never saw it with this guy, and they weren't ready to take, not to mention they weren't ready to take
0: a QB. Like well, you I mean you look at You look at the team that's going through hard knocks right now, right? And you can knock Dan Campbell as much as you want, but the fact of the matter is the Detroit Lions, PFF has their offensive line as a top five offensive line in football right now. They they decided to make an impact in the last two years on the draft on the line first, defensively this past year and two years ago offensively. And now they're in a position where they're ready to actually take that step forward and I think that you know some people are are blowing smoke up their ass a little bit too I don't think they're going to be that good right but we do expect them to win more games than they did last year and part of it is because they're more competitive on the line and they've got a veteran QB Jared Goff who's been to a Super Bowl and it's exactly to your point Josh you don't have to have that go-to QB to turn things around for your franchise the the rest of it has to be built the the foundation has to be built elsewhere. And then you, you slot a guy in. And I, I think a lot of people expect Trey Lance to be good this year because the other pieces around him, he would be it, like, it's tough when you have George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and Elijah Mitchell, uh, along with an incredible line, best left tackle in football, with Trent Williams. Like, if he doesn't succeed, it's very easy to look at him and go, like, okay, he's either not ready or he doesn't have the talent. Right. Because yeah. what's around him is, For any other quarterback that's a top 15 quarterback in the league, they would find success with that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think his offense is just so sound.
1: It's every year. It's very efficient. It kind of reminds me of like why why I don't necessarily think the Patriots are going to be great, but I don't think they're going to falter too much because their game plan is get in, get out, run the football, control the clock, don't make many mistakes, get in the game, get out of the game. Why are we there for five, four or five hours? You know, and so like Shanahan, they run the ball exceptionally well. Kittle's an unbelievable blocking tight end. Like look at the Dallas Cowboys, Martin, Frederick, De Smith, like first round pick on the offensive line after first round pick on the offensive line. It's like Dak in the fourth round and he's still their quarterback. Go, go, go across the league. Honestly, like it's just so ironic. It's just so weird to me. Like who's the first, you know, got to take quarterback first overall quarterback, second overall. Look at Goff, Wentz. Are they in their original teams? <laughs> Mariota, Winston. <laughs> like, like you know what I'm saying? Trevor Lawrence is already like really, uh oh, like twelve touchdowns and seventeen picks last year. We'll see how he does in a second. Like the the whole like you can't you got to take the quarterback. No, you don't.
2: Yep, you're you're a draft expert. Who's the last quarterback to go number one overall? That's still on their team. Is there anyone? Cam Newton's not with his team anymore no. right
1: cam newton moved stafford moved bradford didn't really last that long with the rams um obviously you know there's guys i'm trying to think like off the top of my head like guys that went number one a car didn't work out and the texans palmer i mean was i mean the last the guy
0: the last guy retired right
1: eli payton wasn't, L- wasn't, wasn't
0: luck a number one pick
1: eli was luck- by the chargers yeah, B was with the Giants. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yes, he was drafted by the Chargers, but he was with the Giants for his whole career. Luck was with the Colts his whole career, but he ended his career early. The number two pick in that draft, which they gave up, an, uh, which they gave up, the, the whatever they were, the Redskins at the time, now the, the football team, the Commanders, the Washington team gave up an arm and a leg to go get RG3 and were bailed out because I'll give him a little credit. Someone had the wherewithal in that draft to also draft Kirk Cousins. That was smart. And that ended up working out for them. But time and time again, these teams that are not ready go and get a quarterback and or they get the wrong quarterback in some instances, like, like we talk about all the time, the Bears. I just think the Jets, You're if you're drafting in the top five, by and large, Bengals aside, you got a lot of holes. I think for the Chargers, it's a little different because they weren't too far removed from contention. They still had some pieces in Los Angeles. They had just taken a couple steps back, and their move to go get a quarterback works out. Mm -hmm. I think that the Dolphins had drafted well enough prior and post-Tua to go get a QB. The Jets had not drafted extremely well in this last decade. Clearly, they're always picking towards the top. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the they made, it was the last thing they played with Sanchez. Like they almost did with Fitzpatch, but then they flopped the very last minute. I just think this was a football team that wasn't ready to take a quarterback. It would have benefit benefited them to take a, a defensive player. They took two defensive guys in the 31st round picks this year, Jermaine Johnson and Sauce Gardner. So we'll see how those guys slot in. I mean, the real thing for the Jets is Consala turn around the defense because he's a defensive guy. That's the thing we got to look at it from the New York jets. Like they can go get Jimmy G, but at the end of the day, like they've signed Dwayne Brown, Mackay Becton's not working out, unfortunately with a knee injury, you know, I I don't, I, I give them credit for trying in the draft. I just think the Wilson pick, you know, Heinz then and now is a bad pick. I don't think they're, I just don't think they were really ready, man. I think they were, I think it was misplaced and I think it's unfortunate for certain guys it's I mean how t- how many times we also talk about this? It matters where you end up as a quarterback. I mean Jason Campbell's come on our show and said it. Like Josh Rosen, obviously, is not great, but like he had one year to do it in Arizona, and that was it. You're done. Yeah. The first over, they weren't going to pass on Kyler. He's the also he's probably the guy that's still there. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's that's doing it. Um, I just yeah, because Baker's gone, Darnold's gone. It's crazy, right? Like, you really like qu- people put all their stock and trick themselves into the quarterback being the guy. And then yeah. all of a sudden you find yourself and you're like, oh my God, I should have it's, picked a defensive guy.
2: It's the number one position for busts, I think. That, yeah. Is, maybe that in cornerbacks. I think those, like, we see so many cornerbacks. Like, I say this all the time they go high in draft and they end up being not good in the league. I mean, D. Milliner, Mar- Morris Claiborne, you know, yeah. Darko's Denard, like, all these guys are first round draft picks. But same thing with, with quarterback, like it's, it's really a crap shoot. Cause I think the adjustment is, is really tough to go from college to NFL. I think when you're going like, when you're on the line or when you're a running back or even your receiver, like the adjustment, isn't that difficult because if you're a talented receiver, you're a talented receiver, you're fast, you got hands, you know, those are something that you're going to have from high school to the NFL. Sure. If you're a talented running back, you know, you've got the size, you've got the speed, you've got the agility. That's always going to translate. O- o-line d-line like usually those guys that are taken in the first round or second round they know that they're going to be good because they've got the size they've got the strength you know now with quarterbacks and with with uh cornerbacks cornerbacks you know the the drop off from college to the NFL talent that they're supposed to guard is so much different. And with quarterbacks, the guys they're playing against on defense is so much. Different. I mean, they're playing against eleven NFL players opposed to playing in college against maybe sometimes two, three. You know, if you're, if you're playing against Bama, like six NFL players.
1: Well, you're bringing up the point. That's the whole kicker. Zach Wilson didn't played do any of that. He he played played at, BYU. at BYU. If you're gonna take. Like the Jets didn't take Josh Allen because the learning curve was "quote unquote" too high for him to, and we saw it. Like there was a learning curve for Josh, as good as he is now, and he's amazing. Mm -hmm. There still was like accuracy questions. Oh yeah, you know, there was questions. Yeah, there was stuff that like there were still questions. The Buffalo Bills, again, another team that just really did a great job managing and putting a great team around him, but the Jets wanted to take Darnold. Apparently there was word on the street that everyone in the Jets building wanted Josh Allen, but they didn't want a project guy. They wanted a guy they thought was quote-unquote ready. Was yeah, it? Yeah, but
2: even if, if you look Wasn't back it on it, if you look back on it, like they weren't at a place where they could take a quarterback then. So if they took Josh Allen and we're saying that it depends where you land, are we sitting here and saying that Josh Allen is also a bust? Like you don't I mean, you can't really look back and say that because I don't know. You know, like, is he going to have the offensive minds and the weapons around him to go off and flourish? Probably not.
1: Well, the Jets could have the Jets that whole, they they really loved Darnold because remember they were picking at six. They move up from the six to the three with three second round picks to take Darnold. They could have just stayed at the six and gotten Josh Allen regardless, unless someone else moved up there. It's it's just you know you really going back to it. You have to have the right system in place. It's like it's lightning in a bottle sometimes for these quarterbacks. Yeah. Like you have I mean, to have thank God to for Josh Allen. <laughs> that draft yeah. would
0: have been screwed. I It's just so interesting. Cause it's, it's like, we really circumstances, everything. We really can't confidently say that if Josh Allen was the quarterback for the New York jets, that he would be the same guy that he is today. And now yeah, we no chance, which is wild because a lot of people are saying he's the best. He's got the highest odds to win MVP. like, He's the first overall quarterback taken in fantasy. They're,
2: they're a favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah.
0: He's, he's a consensus top five quarterback in the NFL right now. And we still can't confidently say that he would be in the same position, that he would be the same guy if he was the New York Jets quarterback. If they is had there, drafted him,
2: Is there anyone in the league, Mahomes, Herbert? I mean, any of Rodgers, anyone who got drafted by the Jets, would we be able to confidently say that they would be the same player?
1: That they were drafted by them? No, because their ability or sorry, inability to develop is like, is astounding. Look at everyone that they've like, they don't draft well. If you're the the reason they're the Jets is because they don't draft well, the reason the Sacramento Kings are the Sacramento Kings is because they don't draft well. Like, you really need to be able to. I mean, it's, it's no secret, man. Look at the Guardians. Like, I mean, we're going all across the board here in sports, you know? Well, the Guardians are first place in the AL Central. wonder how that happened because they develop their guys. Okay, Kluber's gone. Cliff Lee's gone. We got Corey, Corey Kluber. All right, Kluber's gone. We got Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber, not what he was supposed to be. We have Tristan McKenzie. Yeah.
0: We're talking about, we're talking about the uh, prospects in baseball panning out. I was watching the the Padres play the Nats. I'm sure, Nick, you were watching as well um, mm-hmm. on Sunday. And the broadcaster said if two of those prospects hit, it's a successful trade. What do we think yeah. about that? Is that, is that, do you agree with that?
2: Um, well, yeah, because I think they were going to lose Juan soda regardless of what happened. Right. So like you might as well get what you can for him while the value is still high. And the value is always gonna be high, but the, the amount of years that he has left, right. It's like two and a half seasons. He's got this remaining season in the next two. So the, the value is never going to be higher than right now. Um, but yeah, I think if two of those prospects hit, it's for sure. If none of them hit, like, yeah, that sucks. But the odds are that at least one or two of them are going to hit. I mean, those are all top guys in the program um, or the the franchise. Uh, you know, two of them have already made their their MLB debut, CJ Abrams, Mackenzie Gore. They both had shown flashes of greatness. But go- the Gore started off really hot and then kind of, you know, caught some some woes you know rookie woes and then cj abrams has been up and down and had some good games here and there but just needs more time in the bigs and he just got called up again um mm-hmm. and then there's robert hassel who's a top prospect and james wood who's a top prospect and harlan Sawanza. so i mean gosh of all five of those guys pan out that'd be awesome for them but yeah i mean it's you can't just, i mean you can't really play like the is the prospect going to pan out game? Because it's all about the development of the, of the, the franchise as well. I mean, the Padres never really do a great job of developing their talent. That's always been a thing for us as well. That's why we had to go out and trade for guys. Soto. I mean, even Tatis is a trade Machado as yeah. a sign, you know, Cronenworth was a trade. I, mean, you, I think there was a, a graphic that was put out on Twitter, like a few weeks ago, I forget by who, but want to give them credit, but it basically broke down every MLB's team and, every single starting player on like the diamond and whether or not they were developed by the team or whether they were drafted or signed by the team. And like the Astros like have like seven or like six or seven guys that were with the, with the franchise from the beginning Padres have like one guy.
1: You could give Tatis a little credit there because they they traded for him as a minor leaguer. Yeah. He was 17. Yeah. You could give him a little credit. I'll give him credit on the Tatis. I mean, and why are the Astros always in it now? Like this like the Sox for what it's worth were doing a good job developing the guy. I mean Devers and Bogert, so that was nice to see. You're hoping Toss that the, the Rangers now that they've had these picks, these big picks can do the same. But it's very interesting like, we could get into the T situation that they go and get Soto before the Tatis news breaks. I'm curious to see if there would have been a bigger asking price if he had gotten suspended and then before the trade deadline because they would have been way more desperate.
2: Well, they would have been way more desperate, but at the same time, maybe they wouldn't have done it. Maybe they would have just been like, well, this season might be a wash. We might as well wait till the offseason to make this trade if we have to where the asking price is a little bit lower Mm. or – or we just ride it out with our current shortstop CJ Abrams and Hassan Kim, and you know see who continues to play there. So you never know. I mean, I'm I'm kind of happy that the news broke when it did because I'm so confident that this is a good playoff team. Are they a World Series contender? That's yet to be seen. But you know, I think they've been playing some good baseball here, and Machado has has looked energized. He just won NL Player of the Week. I mean, the guys that are protecting him on the on the bench now or, or in the in the lineup now are are dangerous. Josh Bell and Drury have been great as well. Um, But to get into the Tatis thing a little bit, there's just so many layers of this issue that bug San Diego fans and that bug baseball in general. I think when you look at the entire issue, it's very clear that the people in his corner, whether that's his agency, his marketing team, his family, that they are way too involved and they are honestly hurting his reputation he hasn't come out and said anything personally like there was a statement on his behalf by the mlbpa that came out that initially had like the ringworm you know claim that he had ringworm and that's why he took the steroid and he didn't know that it was in there okay come on dude and then his mom posted a picture on her instagram of tatis with like a ringworm on his neck like it could be anything could be a little scratch whatever recently today it came out that his dad just said tatis was taking or, or junior was taking a spray to combat a fungus that he got from a haircut like stop digging your son into a bigger and deeper hole here like can we just own the fact that they screwed up i mean you're not you're already not appealing the 80 game suspension so you're admitting the guilt right there mm-hmm. so like what what's the point of continuing to make these stupid lies. I get like, you're trying to protect your son's reputation and like, and his legacy. So he can potentially get in the hall of fame one day, but like he's 23 years old. Like he's got so much left to prove he's in his, in the span of when he started, he made his debut. And to right now he's missed more than half the regular season games that he's been under contract with the team. Like it's, it's unfathomable how, how much lost baseball time that we have seen through injuries through chaties and immaturity. And I go back to December motorcycle accident where this all started for the most part they they chose to hide from the team that he got no motorcycle accident his dad denied that he got no accident and they said oh well he did get an accident but it was minor well it looks like he started taking a cream to hide the wounds or to heal faster that ended up having the steroid in it and Team doctors wouldn't go to the Dominican Republic because they said they didn't need to. He, they used Dominican doctors that said that he's he's fine and they're just minor injuries. Well, he gets to spring training in March, and the team doctors say, "Dude, you need surgery. Your wrist is fucked up." Well, he gets his surgery. His surgery happens. The timetable for him to come back keeps getting pushed more further and further and further back. So maybe he takes the cream again to progress the healing process of his of his wrist, and then he gets popped for the test, and then. Game over, eighty game suspension. So I would just wish they would just come out and own it because I understand that the, k- the kid loves the game of baseball and he wants to get out there as fast as possible. But someone in his camp is giving very bad advice or is, is managing this whole situation very poorly. It just reminds me of a rich kid asking his daddy's lawyers for help all the time, you know, or daddy's friends.
0: I, I want to acknowledge that it's, it's difficult, right, for a guy like him to have a lot of people in his camp that are related to the roster that are like older vet guys, because when you're that good, that young, there's so much pressure that's put on you that a lot of times, like Luke Voigt telling him something in the dugout before he goes to Washington, maybe he's not even listening to him. Right. Like maybe he's like, cause he's like, I'm so good that I feel like I don't need to listen to any of these guys. It's not the same as a guy who's getting into the MLB or getting to the NFL or NBA. Who really has to work to stay a pro? Yeah. And, well, you
2: you yeah. saw it last year in the dugout when Manny Machado yelled at him. It was over national news where he was saying, "It's not about you. It's about the team. Just go out there and play baseball. Everyone knows you're the best player." Like you saw right there, that Manny was frustrated, how immature Tatis is being, and the team went through a terrible downfall. And yes, you can also point to the fact that we had a rookie manager who wasn't great, and you know he couldn't keep the team together, but. This is the first time in a long time where I've seen multiple players come out and be outspoken about how disappointed they are with one of their teammates. Joe Musgrove, one of the team leaders, who just got a five-year extension, hometown kid, doesn't have anything bad to say about anyone. Hometown Mike discount as yeah, well. Hometown discount. Hometown discount. So basically he can pay other guys. Mike Clevenger, who looks like the chillest guy in the world, he said he can throw a baseball of 420 feet. We'll leave speculation to what that means. But probably one of the chillest guys on the team come out and said he's disappointed. A.J. Prello, the general manager, come out and said he's disappointed and thought that there'd be maturity. They, they all said, like, this isn't the first time that they've been disappointed with him. They, they feel like he needs to grow up. Like, it's just so clear that, he's, that the spotlight's too big for him. You know, he's on the cover of MLB The Show. He's Dominican royalty because his dad was, you know, a, a Dominican baseball player who played, you know, over nine years in the league. It's just, it's sad. Because you look it's at a guy like Juan quick. Soto, who's doing everything right, you know, who keeps himself pretty quiet in the media. He's always has a smile on his face. He's supposed to be one of his best friends. And you see Tatis, who just like, you know, came to start him and just let the the media eat it up.
1: The team wasn't good enough by the time he got there. The thing with Soto is that team was his rookie year, he won the World Series. Yeah. He was a part of it, but his rookie, that team was ready to go when he came off. Right. And some of these guys are coming up, and these teams are re- like Devers came up, and the team won the World Series. Like the team was ready to win the World Series. Yeah. And for Tatis, he exceeded the Padres. He was better than the Padres were. Yeah. Yeah. He and was better than
0: the gap. You got to be better than the gap.
2: To quote. He was the 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 weight of the team was thrown. The weight of the city, honestly, was thrown on his back way too quickly because the Chargers leaving. Want that. The Chargers leaving you know leaves a huge void for sports fans in San Diego and they're looking for anything to cling onto and they see this young superstar who's 21 years old who's lighting the world on fire and he's the guy he's the king of San Diego right
0: mm-hmm. so
2: it's a lot for a 21 year old and now he's 23 i mean two more years of maturity but i think they want him to mature faster than than it's really possible and it just it's just going to come down to time yeah we saw well, some then, talk about, stuff
0: talk well, Josh I was just just going to say on your nationals point how much of the conversation was about Strausburg when, when that team was at its peak, right? Remember how many conversations we were having on this show week in, week out about his health and what he could do when he was at his best? And they had Zimmerman there, right? A guy who, unlike Eric Cosmer, who was not performing well at his old age, Zimmerman was for that team. And he had been the guy there for a long time. So it was just a completely different fabric of a team. And, and the conversation around the team was so different.
1: It's a very ironic team to bring up as well because they also had a young superstar, teenage superstar at one point, Bryce, whose whose health, whose maturity, we also question a lot. But look at him now, he on won the, the Phillies, on the won the MVP on both teams. Now won the MVP on the Phillies. He's doing everything he can to get back to this team, and that team, by the way, is not messing around. Mm-hmm. The rest of the Padres roster, you're going to be in a wild card game. You're going to have Musgrove and Darvish. You could win both those games. You have to go into that confident as hell. Like, that's that's winnable. You have it is. Soto, Bell, Drury, Machado playing at an MVP, like discussion level. Like, Cronenworth's an all star. Like, this is a team that's ready to, I mean, as up and down as haters been, at least you have him at the back end. But if you go across the NL, go at all. Like, look, you think the Mets are. Do you think the Mets are looking at this and like, you know, soaking up August or do you think they're going, okay? we need to hold off the Braves and we need to get into the bye because the team that comes out of the wild card against the Mets are going to at least at least have spent their two best pitchers. And the number three guy at best has to go against Scherzer and the number one guy or the number four guy potentially has to go against the degrominator. The Mets are in. The Mets are locked in. The Braves just won the World Series. The Phillies are locked in. With the Phillies have been better without Harper. Harper and they lost their manager. Cardinals, the Brewers, they're dogging it out. The rest of this Padres team is ready to go. And the fact that Tatis Jr. has twice this year, and his camp, the whole biggest point is the camp. How many times do we see a bad camp around a young kid, and they blow it for the guy? wrong advice you know it's it is on unf- like we but i even remember when he was on the show we were like uh-oh it's a lot real quick mm-hmm. it's a lot real quick like it's yeah pe- people
2: calling him the this. face of baseball i mean like i've been guilty of saying it you know calling him the face of baseball last year
1: yeah i mean we were ready to crown him 22 King. years old it's just we. i don't know we see it all the time though like he he legally came and rent a
2: car under his own
1: name yeah. I mean, look, he could he could turn this thing around and hopefully this is the kick in the ass that he needs. But there are a lot of teams out there this season that mean and players and pros. Look at Goldschmidt. Yep. I know he's older, but he's a vet. You think Goldschmidt's fucking around this year? No way. No way. Machado he's never,
2: he's never won a World Series. He wants it. He thinks it's the best shot he's ever had. Yeah, same, of course it is Machado. Machado
1: too. none of these guys have won World Series. These are all but vets. Machado's matured greatly. So that gives me hope for Tatis because Machado was a guy when he was in Baltimore, there was maturity issues. He goes to the Dodgers and I mean, think about how the Padres fans felt, but people felt about him when he was in the Dodgers and he comes to the Padres and now he's taken over this ball club and even like Snell who was like fully like it seemed like Snell was like still pissed to the Rays all of last season. Like, it's hard not to buy into this Padres team if you're a member of the club. Like, this is a lot. There's a lot of vets there. And I think this is a team that can, can, like, again, like, it's going to be unfortunate they're stuck in the wild card. I think the Dodgers, as good as they've been, and they've been unbelievable, and they are the best team in baseball right now, I still think they're beatable. The Yankees, the Yankees are, like, the Yankees look bad. They lost a series to the Sox this past weekend. They got shut out by the Red Sox on Sunday. I shut up by Michael Waka. You're the MVP in your lineup you got shut up by Michael Waka.
2: It's yeah. Crazy. The, the Yankees have been very, very bad. I mean, they've got some, some definite uh issues to address here pretty soon. Um mm-hmm. I'm trying to
1: look at their last 30 game record. They lost, they're, two, like, they're, they're two and eight, dude. They're like yeah, nine they're and eleven. Oh, the last 30 games. Not good. Like I mean, there's teams like the Rays, the Jays, the Guardians, like whoever makes it out of the Central. It's, there's to me, the Astros are going to win the World Series. Eleven to nineteen last thirty games. The Astros are going to win the World Series, dude. Because what's going to happen is is this Yankees team is going to get the buy They're going to be good. Oh, this Dodgers team's good too. I mean, they just lost Walker Buehler for the rest of the year, but it's a gauntlet in the NL, bro. Look at the NL teams, dude. Yeah, if
2: they make it by, though, I mean.
1: Dodgers, the Mets, y'all, the Braves, the Phillies, whoever makes it, the Cardinals and the Brewers are gonna like we were. I was ready to count the Brewers out. The Brewers I, are still in the mix.
2: I'm saying we thought it was a gauntlet last year, too. It was the same, pretty much the same NL, and
1: the Braves won the World Series. Exactly. And they were they would we were talking about them making trades the deadline. Anybody could come out of the NL and they're gonna eat each other alive. The Mets and the Dodgers. If they meet, what do you, how many games do you think that's going to if they meet in the NLCS? I don't know. Hard be a say. lot. How many, y'all, like anybody could come in there. I think the the Ashers are going to beat the Mariners. They're going to kick the shit out of them. The J, they're going to kick the shit out of the J's of the Rays. Yeah. Furlander. It's crazy. Um. All right. Shout outs to our families, but also our sponsors. Go to betonline.ag. Use the promo code Believe 50% off put money on the Astros to win the World Series don't know what their odds are at the top of my head but go do that it'd be great Sonos go to Sonos
2: uh, Ray, right
1: Sonos Ray the Sonos Ray it's amazing we all use it can control it from my phone for some reason my roommate can't figure it out so i get to play volume on while she's watching tv and she's like can you make it a little lower i was like yeah sure and i turned it to like one out of 100 like how's that good but the Sonos Ray has been unbelievable go to Sonos um make the it Sonos nasty better. it's been nasty it's been amazing it's awesome sort of Ray. Uh, and check us out on Stadium. Yeah, go watch Stadium. We're on seven times a week on the weekends. It's a really great show. People like it. I thought people were like, Bob Papa likes it, so you guys got to go like it. Yeah, you know? there's
2: an app yeah. on smart TVs. You can go check it out there. Um, our first episode, usually of the week, comes out on Friday at, I think this week it's 11 p.m. Eastern, correct? Mm-hmm. After yeah. the After the high school football game of America on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Go check it out. Fans out there, drag both of So we're going to fall count with the puck at the putt, which is because they're free. And you free throws. Why guys? Because they're free. They're free. We you. we love you. Mm-hmm.